Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to Driven to the Cross radio broadcast as part of Christ Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. We hope that you'll continue to listen, share our messages, and support this ministry. So with that, we'd like to open in prayer. Our Father in heaven, Father, we come before you this day thankful that we can call upon your name, humbled that we have the privilege to call upon your name, humbled, Lord, that you would look upon ones such as ourselves, as, but knowing that we are part of your creation, you've called us by name, you've reconciled our accounts and paid the price for our sins. We ask that you would bless our nation, that we would turn and come back to you, Lord, that we as people would be focused upon that cross. Lord, would you heal our land? Would you prepare our hearts to receive your word? Would you, O oh God, move upon our cities and upon your churches that we would be that living, breathing example for you. I ask that as this broadcast goes out, that all who hear it will be touched by your grace. Continue to shine your light upon us. Lord, help us understand your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we are going to continue in our series on the session of Christ. We are nearing the point where we will be seeing what takes place during the session, what it is that Christ is to do, what he is doing. Because now that the groundwork is being laid for us as individuals to know what we are to do and how to act as believers in fulfilling the Great Commission, while our Lord and Savior is ruling and reigning and we await his return, I hope that over the last few weeks that this has helped your walk, brought conviction to your beliefs, and helped you to gain traction in your ministry. Today we are going to look at the final book of the New Testament, titled the Book of Revelation. This gives us a picture of the Lamb who was slain and is eternally seated upon the throne of heaven. And so today, we're going to be in chapter 5 of this book. Now, I don't want you to be alarmed, because many people have difficulty in understanding this book. They have a hard time walking through it. But I want to tell you something. It's not that difficult to understand, and it should not incite fear or trepidation in you unless unless you are willingly, willfully walking contrary to the things of God. And so, let us look at this wonderful book. Let us see what John the Revelator, while imprisoned on the Isle of Patmos, said. Listen as I read these 14 verses. 
which is all of the book of Revelation of uh, chapter five. And then we'll go back and begin discussing them. Starting in verse one, it says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of, of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials, full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And then... And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I say, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power, be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb for ever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down, and worshipped him that liveth for ever and ever. Now, there are, if we are to go back to verse 1, and we see the seven-sealed book, I want you to notice a couple things before we get into a lot of detail. The opening statement in chapter 5 is something that we should pay close attention to. He said, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. Now, remember that words are important in the right hand. So this is showing 
a proper place. It is also showing that in this, it is held with might and authority and strength. It wasn't in the left. It was in the right. It is something that we should pay attention to. This is referring to the book that was to be opened, that could only be opened by the Savior, by the Redeemer, the one who died upon Calvary's tree. It was not to be opened by some angel. It was not to be opened by anyone else. And it was done so with might and authority. My friends, when we do things in our lives that God has granted us the ability to have breath in our lungs, we should do so with the might and authority that God has given us. Remember that it has been finished. It is paid and we are doing so under the authority of Christ. Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father. This book has that same posturing, that same symbolism here as the might, the authority, the, the right to be involved, the right that it has to be sacred. And what we are talking about in this is when it talks about the elders and the councils and, and things, it's a divine council. It is a divine witness. Now, there's something that we also need to recognize here. And when it's talking about a great mystery, it's talking about knowledge being withheld. And that knowledge that is withheld is because it is sealed. It the mere angel, even the strongest angels that we see in this chapter, had no authority to see the knowledge that was in this book. Something that we need to understand is that knowledge is given by revelation. And when we are reading Scripture and understanding it, things are being revealed to us. Notice in verse 2 it says, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Did you notice that, that phrase? A strong angel. It, it could have just said an angel. It could have said a weak angel. It could have said one who didn't have any power. But this strong angel, why would it say that? It's because he is protecting this book. And now you might be going, well, what does that have to do with the session of Christ? Well, we're building to that. What does that have to do with what we are to do? Well, very simply, what I'm trying to explain to you in this chapter is the... The fact that this is displaying who is seated. I'm trying to put a capstone, if you will, on the things in which we need to understand for the recognition of who Christ is. We've covered so much in a short amount of time, but this chapter is kind of like the capstone on a building or the capstone on a wall. It's a final display of the right of Jesus Christ to rule 
and reign. My friends, while we've learned about what we are to do, we must not lose sight of Jesus Christ. We must not lose sight of who it is that we serve. Now let's go on here a little bit, because I'm not going to get into all the eschatology and the symbolism in this. I want to kind of, if you will, skip across parts of the surface and dig deeper in others. Notice here, it's showing the authority of Christ, because it says, no man in heaven. Now, think about this. There are millions of created angels. There are millions of people who have served God in history. There are millions of people who have died in the faith. Millions of people who died under the Mosaic law and the Abrahamic covenant. And yet none of them, none of them, were worthy to open this book. None. Listen to as how it is described. And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, referring to those who have died, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much. Now remember, this is a vision that John is seeing. He says, and I wept much because no man was found worthy. Now, when I tell you this, recognize what some of the things in which we've covered. In our own ability, none of us has anything good in and of ourselves. We are all guilty of sin. We've all been condemned to death. Our sin... imperfect. We have failed the law of God. We have not been able to bridge that gap by ourselves. Many men have tried through different religions that have been created. Different rules and religiosity have been implemented in an attempt to make man more righteous and more holy, trying to uphold a standard that they had established in their own minds. But those standards have fallen short of God's standard. Now, did you catch where it says, No man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man, let me repeat that, no man was found worthy, and this is important, to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Did you notice that word worthy? Worthy. We have a song that you probably have heard in the past, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. The spotless sacrifice. None of us meet the very standard of God. That is why we need the grace of Jesus Christ, his atoning sacrifice, to pay the penalty for our sin. If we were worthy, if we were righteous of our own ability, if we were perfect of our own accord, then we would not need Christ. Now, this is where it is important that you recognize that while we are yet alive, 
we must, as individuals, profess Christ. And that is covered here when it says, no man under the earth. No one who has died has the ability to even open this book. After you die, then comes the judgment. My friends, it is so important that we recognize that we are not worthy of the grace of God. We are not worthy of the mercies of God. We are not worthy in and of ourselves. Yet, Christ offered us forgiveness that will bring us, that has brought us into fellowship and a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. Grasp that as we progress through this. And look at the grandeur of who Christ is. Now listen, it says, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. Now if we were to go and do a genealogical search, we would see that Jesus, the Messiah, is of the lineage of King David. He is from the tribe of Judah, hence the title, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, and of the root of David. The prophecies concerning Jesus, saying that God will have one of David's heirs upon his throne forever. It will be established. Now, once we recognize that through the genealogical sources we have, not just in the Bible, but we can go, and I'm sure that we find it in extra-biblical sources. Once we see here, and the reason that this is put into this portion of Scripture is that it needs to be made clear of the authority that Jesus had. He's not some usurper who came in from some unknown source some unknown tribe, and posed, he met all of the requirements. Now, it says, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Here we are seeing something that is very important. Far too often, we as Christians stop at seeing Christ as a suffering servant. Here, you have a transition taking place that is very important for us as believers to acknowledge and to receive. It is that Christ is the victor. He had victory over death and sin. He had victory in these things so that we now can have victory through Him. When we see this transition, it changes your outlook. Yes, we recognize as Christians every Easter that He is alive, He is risen. But how often do we stop and recognize that He is the victor? He is ruling and reigning. He won where we have failed. It says, to be op- hath prevailed, which shows the power of the risen Christ through God the Father 
hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Now, that shows it is completely open. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood what? Stood the Lamb. As it had been slain. Now, this is important. Scripture is replete with things that are important, but this is important. You notice how it says, as it had been slain. What does that mean? That means that Christ, who won, is still displaying the marks of Calvary. He is still displaying those wounds. We saw that back after his resurrection and the time he spent with the disciples, where they saw the wounds in his hands and his feet, and where the spear pierced his side. This would have been very important for the early church. Why? Because they were closer to the time of the physical crucifixion. So often, we lose sight of the little details of who Christ is. And when we lose sight of that, we forget the importance of the sacrifice. And that's why I want to bring this up. The importance of the sacrifice of Christ is the key to us displaying the love and ministry that he has placed our hands to. Without that sacrifice, we would have nothing. It would all be hot air. Now, my friends, as you're listening to this, I'd kind of like you to close your eyes and think for a moment. I'd like you to imagine, if you will, see an image of Christ with the wounds in his hands and his feet. Let that be seared into your mind. Allow that passion, the passion of the Christ, to become the passion that you have for Christ so that the ministry that you have, and yes, your life is a ministry. It is a service unto the King of Kings. Would be the first and foremost thing in your mind and your heart. Friends, This is a time of trouble. This is a time where people are hurting, where people are suffering, where people are desperate for the things of God. If you remember the lamb that was slain and how he is victorious and is at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, ruling and reigning with his scepter of righteousness, there will be a passion inside of you that burns so bright that those who see you will know that you have come in contact with the one true living God. And why is that important? That is important, my friends, because as you look outside 
the window of your car or you look outside the window of your house and you see the outside world, do you see people who are souls that are in need of a Savior? How would God have you to meet the needs of those around you to display His righteousness? I would suggest to you that you take time to pray, open Scripture, allow God to speak to you through His Holy Word, to display to you what it is he would have you to do, that he would be real, that he would be the preeminent focus in your life, that the ministry and the prompting of the Holy Spirit would compel you to be that active servant in the kingdom of God. Maybe saying, well, preacher, how do I do that? Because I'm just trying to get by myself. Well, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you asked God to help you to see individuals as He sees them? When was the last time you asked God to help you to see individuals as He sees them? If you will develop a heart after God to go forth with the eyes of Christ, you will become so much more effective in your ministry that you will see the hearts of individuals and not just the outside appearance of the individual. Once you have that heart, it is time to start using it. That's how you begin to fulfill the Great Commission. You display the righteousness of God in your action. And then your testimony will come forth. Because we see the one who was worthy above all other creation. Remember, no man was worthy to even look upon the book. No man who had gone before or after is worthy. Only the Son of God, the Lamb that was slain, was worthy to open this book. That is the God we serve. Now, my friends, I'm going to invite you to tune in to YouTube or to Facebook and on here at 11 o'clock, and you can get a much more detailed message uh, on this. Because we are, even though we do this on the radio, we go in much more detail on Sunday mornings here at Christ Covenant Church in McAllen. And I want to invite you to tune in. Send us an email. Call us. We're happy to help. Our website is ChristCovenantMcAllen.org, and there you can see all of our sermons, a little bit about us. You can also... Donate there if you want to support this ministry. Or you can go to Facebook at Christ Covenant McAllen. And you can see what's going on. You can see our messages. You can tune in. And you can be blessed. May you be encouraged. May God be glorified in you. Look forward to hearing from you. And thank you for listening to Driven to the Cross radio broadcast. I'm Dr. Alfred Fisher.
pastor here, and we'd love to get to know you. May God bless you and keep you. Bye.